This is The Doctor's Wife, episode number 79, Three Beliefs That Keep Doctor's Wives From Pursuing Their Dreams. The Doctor's Wife is a podcast for women who have supported their husbands through a decade or more of medical training and are now ready to find more fulfillment in marriage, more fulfillment in motherhood, and more fulfillment in their personal goals. You are really good at taking care of everyone else. It's time to take care of you. Yes, you are a doctor's wife, but you are so much more than that. Hey everybody, is it spring where you are? It is spring here and I'm so happy because it's cold in Montana a lot of the year and so when spring finally comes, it's just something to truly celebrate and only old people talk about the weather and I don't consider myself old, so we are moving on. <laughs> Let's move right into Inspiration Station. I think last week I talked to you guys about Stillness is Key by Ryan Holiday. I finished it. I highly recommend it. It's such a good book, um, especially if you're like interested in mindfulness and maybe meditation and s- like what he calls stillness but you don't really have a lot of experience with it and you just want to kind of dabble in it, but not get too what I call woo-woo. You don't have to like sit and meditate for eight hours a day or anything like that. It's not one of those books, but it just gives you practical ways to be more present in your life is really how I would describe it. And he gives so many awesome examples from history of people who have incorporated stillness and been very successful. And then also of people who he believes haven't, and how it's kind of, um, in some instances, been like their downfall. So I just find it really fascinating. And one of the quotes that he said that I've been kind of ruminating on is about journaling. And I'm all for journaling. I've talked about journaling on this podcast before. Uh, Not so much. I know many of us grew up like hearing like, we should journal for like family history and for posterity and write down things that happened so that people can remember one day. And I think that's super important. And well, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think it's that important (laughs) because I don't, otherwise I would do it more. What I do think is that nowadays in the age of social media and Instagram and chat books that our stories, the stories of our families are often told in pictures. And that's how I tell my family story. I have like a private Instagram account that literally zero people are subscribed to. And that's where I create my chat books because then I can just be completely uninhibited by what I think other people are going to think about what I write and what I post and just do it completely for me and my family and my kids. So I think that oftentimes our stories are told in pictures um, in this day and age in a way that they never have been able to before. But why I believe journaling is important is because you can get the mess that's in your head and you can put it out on paper. And I say mess and not in a derogatory or like negative way, although it sounds that way. Like we all just have tons of thoughts swimming around in our brain and they're often slippery and hard to access. But if we take the time to be still and write for even five minutes a day and just get out what we're, what's going on in our head onto paper without judgment, it gives us so much insight. And that brings me to Ryan Holiday's quote, where he said, the best journals aren't for the reader, they're for the writer. Amen, brother. I could not agree more. So if you have been wondering if journaling is worth it, 
I think it is one of the best things you can do for your mental health. And I can honestly say that in the past two to three years, I can count on one hand the times when I have not written in my journal at least a couple of sentences. So I highly, highly recommend it for your mental health. So consider getting yourself a 33 cent notebook at Walmart or a fancy journal on Amazon. I love the Studio O ones. They're like, I don't know, less than $15 a piece and they just like they lay flat. So there's not like that bump in the middle and they just write smooth. And I use a G2 pilot pen, the extra fine point, And I just, it just like makes writing more fun. So there's my inspiration for you today. Now I have a favor to ask of you. It's been a while since I've gotten a review on my podcast. And I, if you have not left me a review yet, would you head over to iTunes? Just pause it right now. Head over to iTunes and write me a quick review. It would mean so much to me. I know everybody asks for reviews. All the podcasters ask for reviews. And the reason why is that iTunes, the more reviews that a podcast has, the more likely that iTunes is to suggest it to someone like you who might need this podcast. And it is my life's goal to reach every doctor's wife in the world and help her. And so the more that we iTunes can help us with that, the better. And um, so please take the time to take you know, two minutes and write a quick review. I read every single one and I would love that. I think we're almost at 70, I want to say. And my goal is a hundred. It's been my goal for a while and I'm going to reach it. And you guys are going to help me because you're the best. My listeners are the best. So thank you so much in advance. All right. Now we're going to talk about three beliefs that keep doctor's wives from pursuing their dreams. And they might keep other people from pursuing their dreams as well, but these are specific, I have found, to women who are married to physicians. So, just a little background. Ever since before Ryan even took the MCAT, I knew that I was going to play a vital role in him becoming a doctor. And I remember the evening that we found out what his MCAT score was. We were at his parents' house, and we went into their office and opened the email, and we were just like both so super excited, and his parents were like, anxiously waiting with bated breath outside the door. And when they didn't hear anything, I guess they thought it was bad news. And then we came walking out and we're like, he got a super awesome score, a score that we were so proud of. And I remember his dad saying, can we get like a hallelujah or like a whoop whoop or anything? (laughs) And so of course we celebrated, but I was proud of him and I was proud of me and we were going to make this dream come true. It was his dream to become a doctor, but it was my dream to help him along that path. Like I believed then and I believe now that it's really noble to help others achieve their dreams, which is so interesting because no wonder I became a life coach, right? But the years that followed are ones that I know you can relate to. A lot of sacrifices, a lot of moves, a lot of clipping coupons and trying to balance budgets that didn't always get out of the red and having babies with no family around and moving again, lots of dinners and evenings, and sometimes even weeks passing without Ryan seeing our kids awake. Those are some crazy times. And even though he was the one that was at the hospital and he was the one taking care of the patients, I knew in my heart that it was a joint effort, that he couldn't have done it without me. I remember there was one point during residency when Ryan came home and he thanked me like, with extra love for doing the laundry. And when I kind of inquired about like with a raised eyebrows, like, what's this all about? He said, well, I was talking to my co-resident today 
And she was mentioning how she was waiting for her cleaning lady to come and do the laundry the next day. And he said, and I remember, and I thought, why do you need someone to do your laundry? Like, that's crazy. How do you even afford that? And then instantly he remembered, oh, the reason I don't have to hire someone to do my laundry is because Sarah does it for me. He's like, thanks so much, babe. And while that wasn't entirely true, there were many nights where he would come home and turn on scrubs and on Netflix and fold like five loads of laundry while he decompressed and watched that show, which I always found so hilarious because he spent all his time at the hospital and then he would come home and watch a show about a hospital, which side note, he always joked, it's like, this is the most realistic doctor show out there because all the other ones were like so dramatic, but even those scrubs, they would like break into song and be flying and stuff like that. Anyways, I just thought that was kind of funny. But um, my point in telling you this is that I've always felt a sense of co-accomplishment when it comes to Ryan's career. I helped him get there. Like, yay for me. I hope that you feel the same. What I didn't recognize until I found coaching was that my personal dreams were worth pursuing as well. That I'm not just put on this planet to help him with his. Fulfilling the measure of my creation means that if I want to, I can have dreams that are all mine, that don't have anything to do with his career or him making money. I don't have to compare my dreams to his either. A lot of you do this a lot. I hear all the time, I'll never do anything as important as what he does. First off, why is it useful to compare? I'm going to give you a hint. It's not. And second, what if you're wrong about that? What if whatever you desire to create is just as important as what he has created? It's not about what goal or dream you choose to pursue. It's who you become along the way. You deserve to become as well. So now I talk to you about three beliefs that sometimes get in the way from doctor's wives pursuing their dreams and becoming who they want to become. First one, his schedule won't allow it. I can't even go to book club, Sarah, much less pursue a master's degree or open up my own business with his predictable hours. You know, the hospital always comes first. I can hear you saying to that. I would say, what if you could still pursue it? As long as you believe his schedule won't allow it, you'll make that true. Your brain will look for all of the evidence that it can't be done because of his work. That, so sorry, your ship has sailed. But what if, instead of thinking his schedule won't allow it, you could just wiggle that thought loose a little bit with something like, I know there's a way to follow the desires of my heart without my husband quitting his job. I wonder what that could be. Or, other people have done it. Who could I talk to? Who could I learn from? Where might I get the help I need? Last week, we talked about empowering questions. That's an empowering question. Where might I get the help I need? Your brain will go to work searching for it. So belief number one that you can question is that his schedule won't allow it. What if it did? What if you could work around it? Number two, it's not worth it for me, for my kids to have to sacrifice for my dreams. Sure, I'd like to start a business that I've always dreamed about, but not at the expense of my kids. This is different, mind you, than if you feel completely and utterly fulfilled being a full-time mom. If that is you, I honor you. Like, you go, girl. 
But if you want to pursue something else too, if you have that desire, that idea burning in your heart, it is important to honor that too. I believe that desires are gifts from God and that we have them for a reason. They don't need to be squashed or swept under the rug. And because I believe that, I also believe it's important to question things like, it's not worth it for me to pursue what I want if my kids have to sacrifice. Especially questioning the second part of that statement. What if it weren't a sacrifice for your children? What if that desire was placed in your heart because your kids are supposed to learn and grow by watching you pursue it? What if that might be what's true? We often hold ourselves back because we're worried that our kids will one day say, my mom wasn't there for me when I needed her. And this feels so heavy and sometimes even desperate and graspy because the reality is no matter how much we are there for our kids, we can't control what they choose to remember and focus on. That is entirely up to them. You might dedicate your whole self and all of your time and energy to them and they might say, my mom was a helicopter parent and she hovered over me. Or they might stay, say, she still didn't do enough. And you might pursue your dreams and they'll still think you weren't ambitious enough. My point is, doing or not doing something in an effort to control our children's memories of their childhood or their experience is a recipe for madness. Their experience of their childhood will come from what they choose to think and feel. And you can't control that. Instead, I would offer to you that you can focus on what experience you want to create, how you want to show up as a mother, because it's the kind of mom you want to be, not because of what your kids will remember, because that's simply not within your control. And the reason you want to do that is because of how you think you might feel when they say something like, you weren't there for me. And I want to point out that them saying that will not make you feel a certain way. What you choose to think about how they remember their childhood and talk to you about it is within your control. This is all hypothetical, but let's say that. Let's say that one of your children one day said, says, you weren't there for me like I thought you would be. You can choose to think I'm the worst mom ever and feel guilt and shame. Or you can choose to think, I did the best I could with what I had. Or, you know what? They're probably right in some way. And that's okay. Because I tried my best. Or you can choose to think, I'm sorry for them that that's the childhood they choose to remember. But I was a rock star mom. <laughs> like all of that is available to you. And I hesitate to say this next part because I don't want anyone to think that I'm calling them out. But it was true for me. And it's truthfully something I still struggle with from time to time. And so I think it's worth sharing in case it's true for you. I used to use my kids, quote unquote, needing me as an excuse to not go after my dreams. Because in the moment, it was easier to feel self-sacrificing than it was to put my work out into the world and have it rejected. I'm not saying that this is what you're doing. I am saying, just watch out for it. In the short term, it's easier but in the long term, it breeds thoughts of resentment and discontent between those we love. 
I love what Jennifer Finlayson Fife says, and I'm paraphrasing it, so forgive me, but it's something to the effect of, we need to stop treating sacrificing our own personal development as a virtue. It is not. I will tell you this about my dream to build a business, a coaching business. I am recognizing more and more that I am building a business, but my business is really building me. This is an exercise and a project and a lifelong goal in self-improvement. And it is a really beautiful thing. So belief number two that I want you to consider wiggling loose is it's not worth it for me to, for me, for my kids to have to sacrifice. What if it's not a sacrifice at all? Number three, stop thinking of your family's income as his money. Just because his name is on the paycheck, it doesn't mean it's his. Stop believing that it's frivolous or indulgent to spend money on pursuing your goals. Your family, if they're like most, spent, most medical families that is, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and more than a decade so your husband could become a doctor. What if it's your turn now? You might be thinking, I think it's my turn, but my husband won't support it. Or I don't think it's his money, but he thinks it's his money. To that, I would say, what if he didn't need his support? What if you could believe enough for the both of you? Now, I'm not advocating that you max out all your credit cards or drain your 401k without communicating that to your husband. I am advocating that you get your own back, that you don't go to your husband with an idea to go back to school or start a business, hoping that he'll believe in you. It would look something like this. Yeah, so um, I don't know. There's this thing I kind of want to do. I kind of want to go back to school, but I know it's going to take a lot of time away from my family. And I mean, it sounds really fun, but I don't know. What do you think? My guess is he's, he's going to be like, no, <laughs> clearly you don't know what you want. On the flip side, if instead you decide what you want and get clear on why you want it and approach it something more like this. Hey, dear husband of mine, I really want to go back to school and get my master's. And it's really important to me. I know it's what I want to do and how I want to spend my life and how I want to learn and grow. And I hope you'll support me in it, both like time-wise and financially. But if you don't, then I'm going to find another way because it's that important to me. What do you think? Do you see the difference? If your husband still doesn't agree with spending the money or the resources, If you believe enough for the both of you, you're going to still find a way. I don't know what that way is, but it's out there. I promise you. And drop the part where you feel guilty for the privilege of having the money to do it at all. That serves no one and it stalls your progress. There are people to help. There are products to sell and value to add to the world. We simply don't have the time to indulge in whether or not you deserve to be doing this. Of course you deserve it. Your future self is waiting for you to become her. Go get it. One last thing I'll say about this idea that the fam- your family's income is quote unquote his money. If you were to get divorced, not advocating that, but I'm just saying, if you were to get divorced, chances are the courts would order that you get half of your family's assets, half of the paycheck, half of the home, half of the cars. It's just good to know, right? That the law doesn't believe that it's his money. It believes that it's both of your money. So let's just review, recap really fast these three beliefs that might be keeping you stuck. First, his schedule won't allow it. But what if it did? Second, 
it's not worth it to me for my kids to have to sacrifice. What if it's not a sacrifice? And number three, it's his money. What if it's your money? What if it's your turn? Go get it, girl. Have a great week. If you want help pursuing those dreams of yours, that is exactly what I do. It would be my honor to offer you a consult call where we can talk about it and make a plan for your growth. It's free, no risk, and it's fun. It's actually really fun. So go to sarahpain.com and sign up for one today. I offer just a few every week.